see whether or not you've got eggs. Greetings, Zertlings. You know, a man once said, I don't care if you have any eggs. And a wiser man once said, greetings, Earthlings. But you know what? I don't care if you have eggs. But I do care if there's a new episode of Cop on time. That's what we're going to do this week. Second week of Sci-Fi Month. Promise. We're talking Westworld. It was Matt's pick. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty good. Honestly, I'm a little tired. Yeah, I'm kind of tired too. Matt calls me up last night. Hey, I know you're working in the morning. You want to go do goon shit all night? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Man, waking up was not fun. I'll say that. Hi, caramba. Did you get called in today? No, I didn't get called in. I don't work weekends. <laughs> Is that a religious thing? Yeah. What uh, what did you do? Today? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just ran some errands. Just the usual. Did you get uh, Tia's? Yeah, I got some Tia's. Got a couple of Reese's bars. They got some cool stuff there. What did you get? You know, uh, I got a couple of Reese's bars, a couple of those cookie dough bites. I got a can of cream soda. That's about it. Were they out of sarsaparilla? Yeah, I can find it. I don't know. There was a lot of soda, but I looked everywhere. They didn't seem to have it. I didn't bother asking because they were kind of busy. It was really busy, actually. Yeah, the I I mean, I've only gone there a, hand, a couple times now, but it's pretty much... And for those li- listening who don't know, there's a local shop in our city called Tia's, and they just get wacky unusual candy and snacks and they just sell them in small batches when they're out they're out i mean obviously you could buy them online if you wanted to but it's it's cool to have them all in one little local shop mm-hmm. and uh yeah they have good stuff my my girlfriend and i bought uh uncle lester's soda and just some of the nastiest things you could drink ever like Sweet corn pop, uh, pickle pop. What else do we have? Cream or uh, maple syrup, which I thought would be good, but it was not. And uh, butterscotch, which was like the best one, but it was so sweet, it was almost gross. So, which ones were bad? Which flavors? All, were of, bad? Them. So All th- of them. So, they didn't, they weren't enjoyable to drink. No, uh, only psychopaths drink Uncle Lester's, I think. I see. It's like, a, you know what, you throw that into like a big, a big you, you throw that into like a case of soda and you make like your own kind of, you know, like jelly belly game, you know, bean boozled. Mm-hmm. And then it's just... Uh, Get skunk spray. <laughs> mm. Or licorice. Skunk spray or licorice. <laughs> I got skunk spray. I'm too old for that kind of stuff. It's not. It's not that fun. I don't like gross things. I don't like eating to eat puke. Them. I don't know. It's just. It's maybe ask me ten years ago. It's just. I, I, I just need comfort now. <laughs> you know, I I can't spend in too much of my free time doing things I don't like. <laughs> That's it. What were the uh, Reese's bars that you got? One of them is Ultimate Peanut Butter Lovers. So it's just peanut butter only. We'll see how good that no is. No chocolate? Yeah. And then one of them, I just got Peanut Butter Lovers, which is just more, more chocolate that they put. Or, sorry, more peanut butter that they put in. I'm a peanut butter guy. I like Reese's. Wait, so how, is it just a tub of the peanut butter? No, like, they're shaped like the cups, but it's basically just... Instead of the coating being the chocolate, it's just also peanut butter coating. So it's like peanut butter coating <laughs> and then different consistency on the inside. I'll eat it tonight. I'll let you guys know. That sounds sweet. I think they got good peanut butter, well, although it is always combined with the chocolate. So we'll see. I'm surprised they haven't done like 
I mean, it would be so bad for you, but just little tubs of their candy peanut butter. I'm sure they sell, like, the peanut butter. Like, I saw um, at, at Tia's, or at least on their side, I didn't see it in store. They had, like, Snickers peanut butter. So I imagine all these candy companies have their own peanut butter brand somewhere. Maybe not, you know, like at Walmart, but wherever Tia sources these exotic treats and sweets. I'm drinking a, a Tia's Kool-Aid right now. Tia's brand Kool-Aid? No, I don't know if they were there when you went, but they had so many flavors that I've never seen before. They had, uh, the one that I'm drinking right now is peach mango. What's your favorite regular Kool-Aid flavor? For me, it's blue. Blue's, yeah, blue's good. Uh, grape too. I, I like grape. Cherry. Hmm. They're all so good. Whenever I drink, like, grape soda, grape juice, or grape Kool-Aid, it's too much, like, medicine for me. I don't know. You know what I mean? I love it. I like that that banana medicine. Oh, God. You love that over-the-counter medicine taste? Yeah. I love that sweet, sweet taste. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. Yummy, yum, yum. That was our Tia's plug. Uh, I don't think they paid us for that, so. Maybe they will after this. I could take it. I'll take candy or money. Honestly, the money would be nice, though. You should cut that later. Matt pick... <laughs> I'll cut it, don't worry. Okay, nice. Matt picked Westworld. Um, I only heard about this movie in passing. I think they made a TV show or something. I don't know if that's still going on. Um, but, Matt, why did you pick this one? Um, Because I hadn't seen it, and it looked cool. And... You know, the TV show came out and it was a big deal, but people really seem to overlook the film that it was based on. And the show's still going. They just renewed it for a fourth season. I haven't seen any of that. So I wanted to watch this first. But, uh, you know, this is by Michael, written and directed by Michael Crichton. And he also did Jurassic Park and a bunch of other best-selling novels and a couple other films. He's mostly a writer. Uh, so I thought, you know what, where, what could possibly go wrong? I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this sums it up. You want to get right into it? Yeah. So basically, what it's kind of like. Well, it reminded me of three movies. It reminded me of Total Recall, Jurassic Park, and Terminator. And this movie kind of exists in three big sections, and each section reminds me of each movie. There's Peter and John, two buds, going to Westworld, one of three quote-unquote worlds. They're basically amusement parks, I guess you could call them, retreats. Um, They're totally operated by robots, and the robots are authentic in every way other than their hands. They haven't perfected hands yet. That was probably one of the weakest parts of the script. Yeah. And it's so so silly. And they get there. They're doing their thing. They're enjoying Westworld. Uh, There's also Roman world as well as medieval world. But there is some sort of malfunction happening amongst the robots um, the scientists working there trying to figure out what it is, and eventually, the robots snap. That's a plot of it. And I thought it was pretty good. I like the effects in it, I like how it's shot, um, but w- the big thing that I said to Matthew, uh, yesterday, is that the movie has, like, the most textbook pacing of all time. It's like the pace, and I've never, I don't think I've ever said this about a movie on the show before, but the pacing is like borderline boring. It's so uninspired. I like, it's just rising action for the first half and then textbook, uh, falling action, whatever. And it's, it's so like, as soon as we got to the halfway point, that's when a character dies and that I called him like that guy's gonna die. That's gonna be the, the 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 beginning of the conflict. I don't know. What did you think? 
Oh, I agree. It's a definitely an enjoyable picture. However, the simplicity of it kind of threw me. You could almost say it's rudimentary. It's just kind of basic, really. Yeah. Um, and you're right in that, especially in the third act of this film, in which there's a basically an extended chase sequence, which isn't terribly exciting. That really mm-hmm. drags the film down. This isn't a terribly long film. It's about 90 minutes. And basically, you get these two guys, yeah, and they go to this resort. And if you've seen Jurassic Park before, you kind of know where it's going, where they they show off all these um, safety measures that they have. Oh, they got guns, mm-hmm. but if they detect a human, it won't go off. Well, we know that's that's going to change about 45 minutes into the picture. But we're waiting, okay? So sometimes if you can see where a picture is going or where a thriller is going, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. You know, predictability... It, it, it's not an inherently bad quality of a movie like this. But the movie doesn't really justify all that much of the t- Blaine telegraphing, especially, like, with that guy in Medieval World that they have. You just know yep. he's going to die. Like, you know that right from when she says, you're going to fight the Black Knight. Um, just stay to his left side. And he's like, okay, yep. no problem. I wonder where this is going. <laughs> But you're right, the production value is very good. Um, Set-wise and costuming-wise, it's all very solid. Uh, authentic, I guess, kind of ironically. Um, you know, you get the story of these two guys, and, you know, it's weird if you to compare it to something like Jurassic Park, and I'll try not to, but, I mean, this this it's very it's semi-similar premise, and it's, yep. and it's the same writer. That one has a lot more going on. There's way There's more characters, period, but... There's also way more dimension to the characters. And there's various subplots, you know, with, with you know, I forgot the guy's name. Like, Ned. I think his name's Ned, right? Remember the guy? The, the little chubby guy? Chubby guy, yeah. And he puts a troll on the computer, and then he's trying to sell secrets, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, uh, in Jurassic Park? Yes. It, it's Ned or something. Yeah. it You know, there's subplots there. This is extremely... St- straightforward these two yes. kind of white bread guys go to the west world they dick around for 40 minutes and you interspliced with that you get the scenes of the control room where they're saying you know they're giving directives to the robots they're repairing them they're programming things etc etc and then near the beginning of the film there's an instance when a robot comes in and he says hmm another central processing malfunction that's strange so you know that there's going to be some big issue. It's all produced so well, you're right. But it's just so textbook and, and just so straightforward that, I don't know, it, it's almost a shallow film for me. I mean, you can say that there's something to be said about, you know, it's, it's very, you know, in terms of science fiction themes, territory that we've tread many times before, the perils of technology, the hubris of man, corporate greed. That kind of stuff mm-hmm. also appears in Jurassic Park, of course. So you kind of feel like this is l- like um, a prototype for Jurassic Park. Like something. It totally is. It's just like if a place for crying to explore ideas that he would do much better in that movie and in the novel that that was based on, of course. It, it totally is. It's the same thing where it's adventure at the beginning and then it basically becomes a horror movie i think in jurassic park they do it a heck of a lot better more horrifying and this i was like okay it's basically gonna become terminator not really i think terminator does this premise better of machine hunting man um as soon as it cuts to i should say the big antagonist later in the movie is just this gunslinger robot he has like silver eyes he doesn't say much. Um, and then when they turn, um, he just shoots uh, Peter's friend, John. And then it just becomes a chase sequence. And then, for some reason, inexplicably, everyone disappears from the movie. I didn't get that at all. But it becomes Terminator. And, you know, kind of like the Velociraptors in... Uh, in Jurassic Park, you have that the the big hunt. It wasn't that great in this, and like you said, there are so many subplots in Jurassic Park. There's also character development in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. There isn't 
I'm talking like I hate this movie. I don't hate this movie. There isn't a lot of character development in this movie other than like Peter is uh, Richard Benjamin's character. Peter is kind of like a baby at first. Like he doesn't have that much confidence and he thinks the whole thing is silly. And then at the end of it, he is very into the role and he, he takes it seriously. I guess there's that, but there isn't that much other than that. This movie's also, like, what, 90 minutes? Exactly. Don't forget about the, like, maybe two allusions to this divorce that uh, yep. Mar- that Peter is running from and how his wife took the kids. Talk about that two times just so, you know, you don't see Just so that. you know he has something. Yeah, but that doesn't obviously play into anything here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, John Blaine, like his buddies, he's not a character. He's just a guy for in the... I mean, you know what? They do good performances. You know what? I'll say John yep. John Blaine does a decent John Wayne impression here. It's a pretty believable cowboy. I also noticed that James Brolin, he has like kind of an uncanny resemblance to Christian Bale. I don't know if you thought I, that. We were saying that the whole time. He looks like Christian Bale. Like, yep. I, you would think that he's Christian Bale's dad, you know? Like, yep. damn, they look very much alike. They should have cast him in the in the TV show as this character. Actually, I took a look at the TV show. None of the characters in this, except for I think the gunslinger might be in it. Um, oh, you know he's going to make a cameo. He's going to make a cameo, or at least they're going to allude to it. But they didn't retread any ground here. Basically, they took the premise of the show, and then they did their own thing with it in the TV show, which probably is why it's more successful. But as you like said... Like Fargo. Yeah, like Fargo. Except Fargo, the movie's good, right? <laughs> yes. I think this movie's good, um, but, like, it's just, like, it, it's 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 decent. It, it's, it's not getting that much props. Like, um, I don't know if you got the same vibe. Watching it, it reminded me a lot of 2001. I can't explain it, but... The beginning sequence, like, especially, like, when they get to that um, quasi-airport and they have to, like, go to their designated colors. I don't know. That just reminded me of 2001 and how, like, quiet 2001 is with very little dialogue. I, I don't know. I just had to throw that out there. Sorry if I cut you off. No, I can definitely see that, actually. Um, you know, the movie kind of has the movie takes its time and you're right in terms of pacing and that there are like a lot of quiet moments in it uh, especially in the back half of the film and really the thing that bothers me in the third half of the the third half of the film is that you have this chase sequence going and i understand that it's you know supposed to be you're supposed to i guess in the absence of gun a lot of gunshots and a lot of action there there's supposed to be the sense of dread as the gunslinger follows him from world to Mm -hmm. world along the trail through the desert and you know that there's nothing he can really do to stop him because he's an unkillable robot machine like terminator um but in that sequence that lasts like seriously 30 minutes um there isn't a lot of suspense because it's a lot of looking over the shoulder and a lot of waiting for uh, footsteps um, and just in general, a lot of waiting. It wasn't very thrilling, except for like the very, very end when you get some some good stuff there. But I, it almost seems weird that the last half of the film is is so much like weaker from a filmmaking's perspective, from a script perspective. Especially as crying is like a big writer, you know, like he just probably wrote on the page. Uh, they chase each other for a while, and then that's what they do. I don't know, it was kind of boring, and that was kind of disappointing, because in a movie like this, with the production value it has, and all the, and the actually few action scenes you have in the beginning, you're expecting some kind of, you know, big catharsis, but, and I can appreciate the more quiet approach to the ending of the film, when, once again, the whole movie is kind of laden with, with violence and gunslinging, but it doesn't really pay off, honestly. And, uh, yeah, I, I can see that, well, like, one thing that bothered me about this movie is that they would set things up and then do nothing with them Mm -hmm. like for example there's a scene where when uh, peter's running away from the gunslinger he finds this ladder goes down it and finds the inner or the uh what would you call it the laboratory 
the lab underground and he starts walking around and the hallways are basically in squares and it just like basically looks like the same pattern is repeating over and over again and he's running through it and i'm like oh damn he's gonna get lost and then nope he just finds his way out of it like i was like oh this is gonna be cool nope and like he just finds the scientists all dead in the room and i don't i don't even know if i missed a line of dialogue why they died like did they just heat up and and die what happened was uh, like earlier when when they initially lose control what happens is that the black knight in medieval world stabs the guy that we're talking about who who was telegraphed to die so he gets stabbed and then they're like oh my god shut it down shut it down but then of course they're like ah we can't shut it down we we lost control uh and then they're like, we got to get out of here. Open the doors. But they're like, the doors are electronically controlled. Also, the oxygen is controlled by this main power processor. And oh. we're losing control of it. And then he's like, open it before we suffocate. And then they try, there's a scene where they try to open it. It doesn't work. So they all just uh, die of oxygen deprivation in the lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, there's that. I don't know, just... The, the whole hand thing, they set it up like this is going to be some big plot point. Like, he's not going to be able to trust people and he's going to have to look at their hands. But all it serves is just, like, one line of dialogue with an extra who's like, uh, let, let me see your hands. Oh, okay, you're, you're not a robot. And then the extra just gets killed by the gunslinger. Like, what? That was just a waste of time then. That was lazy. And the other thing is that they don't even really show us what's wrong with the... Unless I missed that what's wrong with the robot's hand what what do they show their 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 hands are just kind of lumpy oh did they show (laughs) that i must have missed that i i was expecting some scene where they show something where like a very explicitly there's something wrong with them but oh well no it's they see um i think it's like the gunslinger's hand early on in the movie something like that but they're just kind of lumpy and that whole thing just pissed me off because number one, it doesn't lead anywhere. Number two, I was saying, okay, it doesn't lead anywhere or anywhere important, but maybe there's some sort of meaning there. Maybe hands are symbolic. I couldn't think of anything. Uh, and number three, it just doesn't make any sense. They can get, like, these scientists can get the intricacies of the human face, but hands they they can't do. Are they, like, budding anime artists or comic book artists who can't figure out hands like that was so dumb i know that's nitpicky but seriously it was it was so it was so disappointing i thought it was gonna lead to something interesting like you know the thing where you look for clues throughout the movie to find out you know who's the who's who's sus but in this movie you can't figure it out It, it, it has no purpose and even when there is uh robots if you actually look at their hands closely there's nothing wrong with them it was just in that one close-up that was so dumb there's one close-up where they put the the lumps on the hands kind of thing yeah i see i see yeah um that was kind of lazy um they're also you know just and i know i tried to rail against the idea that you know logical inconsistencies can make or break a film but you know like it in the, it just seems silly that they would give the robots real guns and then just have this one yeah. sensor stop them. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Why uh, not just be pop guns? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, why would you give them any potential? And also, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, but whatever. Suspension of disbelief. Um, it's just not a... T- well, that's like Jurassic Park. Like, why not just put them underground? Like the dinosaurs? Yeah uh well they're kind of big like just make a big hole like they do at the zoo oh like a pit for them yeah oh that's a good question actually (laughs) well i guess maybe i don't know they do that in jurassic world actually but they still managed to to mess that up but uh yeah i don't know Uh, you know at least jurassic park like the dinosaurs is good yeah well this movie okay Here's what I'll say about this movie. It's entertaining. I wasn't mm-hmm. bored when I was watching the film, except for that last portion. But I don't know. It's just kind of scenery, really. I mean, and I'm happy to delight in the scenery or whatever, but it's it's just a very, very shallow film. Uh, and there isn't a lot there for me 
to enjoy it. Like, I don't see a lot of rewatch value on this besides just the Western scenes, which are enjoyable because they just kind of do a lot of, like, homages to wet, to just general Western stuff, like the gunfights and the bar scenes. Brothels. I'll say that, that one of the highlights is the, uh, the bar fight that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, when the characters are just really having a lot of fun with it and they're just punching and smashing glasses everywhere. I don't know if you noticed, but I just saw here that uh, Nurse Chapel is that lady. In Major the, Barrett, yeah. She's, uh, I guess, uh, the pimp. <laughs> That's definitely not the right <laughs> word, but you know what I'm saying here. She's the madame of the brothel. Yeah. And she's got a couple of good swings in there. So it's good to see Major Barrett getting work after they uh, nixed her on Star Trek. Yeah, that I, as soon as, as I saw her, I'm like, is that Majel Barrett? I had to look it up. I was like, yes, it is. All right, good on them. Is that Kirby? Yeah, can you hear him? Yeah, tell, tell Kirby to quiet up. <sighs> it's all good. God, dogs. They're a mistake. <laughs> um, but I'll say some things I like. Um, I agree The all the Western homages are nice. I wonder if this movie, they just had some leftover sets and they were just using them. Like, I thought it was just funny that they had a medieval world and a Roman world. Like, I, why not do something more interesting, like, logically? But probably just had some sets that we were using. I liked all the Western stuff. I really like how the um, at the end of the night, they just come and take all the robots and touch them up, refurbish them, whatever. And how they refurbish them is they take them almost to, like, an ER. It's it's really interesting because in a lot of movies, you know, if you're dealing with machinery, you just have the Iron Man, ACDC rock music. You got the full face mask with the blowtorch and your welding shit. Um, this movie, it's, like, clinical, and they're all wearing like lab coats and face masks and just the you know the room is quiet it's so it's so different that was really cool i really like those scenes they were they were so satisfying i don't know yeah they the movie has a kind of patience that where or like just kind of a reserved quality where yeah and that in the laboratory in those scenes it's good. The cleanup scene, even, where they just take a good two minutes to show them just loading them up, putting them on the conveyor, and sending them down to the shop. Um, even when, you know, they're having their little standoff after these two, the night after the uh, bar fight, they wake up and nobody's around. And you just have the gunslinger there, you know. Mr. Uh, John Blaine gets shot. And you just have a moment where Peter looks at the gunslinger and you just have the understanding. He says, oh, my God. And then you get the zoom out shot where it's just a body and the two men standing in this deserted town. And it's the stuff like that that you can really relish when you watch this film because, you know, it's not a like terribly eventful film in that regard. But the movie definitely has um, a sort of, I don't know, patient quality that makes it uh, enjoyable for some of these smaller moments. Yeah, um, even the ending of it i thought was just extremely shallow um peter defeats a gunslinger in like this so really funny way like he kills a gunslinger three times and then the gunslinger comes back he kills him again oh another fake out he's back and then another fake out oh his face is gone and then he dies and then it just shows peter's face and it's like come to Westworld, it will be great, come to Westworld, and, like, that ending just seemed so, was that supposed to make me feel uneasy, or was that supposed to be deep, because it it really wasn't. It's ironic, he said, boy, you'll have the vacation of your life, or boy, do we have a vacation for you, and boy, did they have a vacation for this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, I'd much rather watch Terminator, Total Recall, or jurassic park uh over this movie i don't think it's bad i just think i think what you said is apt it's it's pretty shallow there are some good moments good western homages but yeah not that scary i wanted to see more character development and um before we finish i just had two questions for you yeah you could give me your real world answer or your 
canon in universe answer. Okay. Number one, what was it? A machine virus, or what do you think that was? I think that was just uh, an early allusion to a computer virus. That's what I'm assuming. Um, they also don't extrapolate too much on that. I got the sense early in the film that there was going to be some kind of robot uprising or that they were going to show that the robots actually do have sentience beyond just reciting their lines and playing their roles and that there was going to be, you know, it's kind of a HAL element there, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. no, they just kind of say there's a virus happening. I'm just chalking it up to a computer violence and a, a virus and it's just basically malfunction. They I just saw a malfunction in that regard. Um, why they just revert to violence like that uh you know makes for good cinema i guess also i don't know actually now that i think of it how they bypass their gun sensors unless he ripped it off or something and i didn't see that too uh i that didn't happen so that's a (laughs) that's a great question because he just shoots the guy but they explain that you can't do that so uh, yeah because you can't shoot at a warm body but he does that they do that anyway I guess they mind hacked the gun. <laughs> like yeah, I guess. Like I guess the gun. Maybe the guns. I guess the gun sensor is computerized, and the virus extended to that too. Okay, I think. I, I think it's just I a guess. computer virus. Like it was just like basically. I don't know if you're asking me like the origin of that. Like did some computer make that? I like the idea that, and they allude to this in the film, or that they mentioned this in the earlier in the film. They say that some of the robots are designed by computers so they're actually not sure how it works so there's potential for the element there that the computer made the virus and but you know that's what i like to think the problem with that is like i like that idea but um i don't know like show it yeah like you know have like a little tidbit of this if you're gonna have this artificial intelligence tease i don't know if it's just something we're inferring and he didn't intend that really um, there's a sequel to this film. Maybe we'll find out on that. I'm sure the show looks into it too. I'm sure the sh- I'm sure the show takes it in a different direction. Like I'm pretty sure the show has like the robots. It's probably like a lot of like the robots going. I'm not real, but I feel kind of a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second question: Where did everyone go? Okay, in like in Westworld. Yeah, and you can give your real answer or your canon answer, whichever. Um, yeah, so they show in the film that, okay, in the morning, or at least there's a period at night where everything is kind of paused, I guess. Yep. I guess when the guests are sleeping, you know, to save some power, they just have the robot stand in place, you know, the fountains will stop running. And then at a certain point, they'll say, all right, let's put the show on the road. And then, you know, it's all like normal. Now, you can assume that in Westworld that for some reason they didn't turn everything on or i guess only the gunslinger was on because he's the only person or the only malfunctioning robot that we see in westworld um so i'm assuming that like i don't think they all got taken away somewhere the other thing is that there's only like they say in the intro of the film they have like four guests go in they have like the two main guys they have the one goofy guy who (laughs) (laughs) He got, he's got the big glasses. He he takes up the mantle of sheriff halfway through the film. Him and like maybe a couple other people. But then they say later on that you don't know who's a guest or not otherwise. So maybe there's people already staying there. Uh, what happened to them? I don't know. Um, maybe that was early in the morning. So maybe they just didn't wake up. That's what I think. Okay. What do you think? Um... The real... Okay, I so I'll give you my real answer. Okay. Real answer, probably they didn't have the budget for it, or that writing a script that intricate was a bit too hard, and if it just turned into Peter versus all of the robots, that would be kind of un, unlikely, and that would probably break your immersion. He wasn't a high enough level for that one yet. Yeah. Um, can't... In universe answer, where did they all go? Because like even in when he goes to Rome world and med- uh, medieval world, they're all pre- everyone's kind of gone. But it shows like the robots killing all the people, but then the robots just vanish. I don't know. Maybe they were heading towards a city or something. I'm not sure. See, it's like I understand. I I like that 
I guess in the, you know, just the fact that you had to pose those two questions shows that there's a little room to operate in what you think is going on, but it really feels more so than giving us room to think and ponder the film later and the consequences of it, uh, more just like a script oversight, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, they didn't think of that far ahead, and then they end the movie. Hmm. Yeah, there was something else that it, I was going to ask, but I uh, forget what it was now. It'll probably come back to me later. Uh, but yeah, Westworld, I'm thinking six bags. Six bags, yes, that sounds about right. You know, it doesn't, you know what the thing is with these kind of reviews is that if you had to write everything I, we said down, like we, the negative outweighs the positive, but that's because the positive aspects of the film, um, I guess aren't really worth discussing in the sense that they're just pretty straightforward and... Yes. You know, there isn't a lot of complexity to it. So my feelings toward the film in general skew positive. Okay, if we just had to put all my pros and cons in a, on a scale, I think the pros side would just eke out. So I'm going to give it three out of five bags. I would watch it again, but that would probably be the last time I watched it. Fair. I remembered what I wanted to say. Okay. There was something um, Caitlin kept saying when we were watching this, and I was thinking, yeah, that would be interesting if they did it. Um, people's fantasies would probably overlap in in this sort of resort. Explain. So, um, like, for example, Peter and John go to the brothel. They're seeing the women of the night. And what if some guy came in there and he's like, I, I, I just want to shoot everyone up in this place. Like, that would ruin their time, right? Yeah, you know what? That's that's another thing about the film is that, <laughs> you know, they, um, the, the guests in the resort show too much restraint. Like, yeah. the first thing I was thinking when I was watching this is that, Honestly, and you know, this probably says a lot about me. Like, first thing I would do is just literally just start shooting like I was playing GTA. <laughs> because because there's no consequences, right? And I swear that's what most people do. Like, most people don't... I guarantee if you took the average... Like, if you took a bunch of people to Westworld in real life, most of them are not going to have that much fun LARPing as a cowboy for like a week. Yeah, They're going to want to shoot stuff and then have sex with a couple of robots and then shoot stuff. And then go to sleep. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I would just be trolling. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like just go to the bartender, shoot him, grab a drink. <laughs> uh, shoot everybody else. Step outside. Shoot your horse. You know. <laughs> so, it doesn't make sense in that way that everyone has a lot of restraint. They don't say that there's rules in it. They say, basically, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I suppose the people who go to Westworld... Um, are maybe a little bit more refined than I am, though. You, I mean, they say it's a thousand dollars a day, so cheap. Which in nineteen seventy three money must be like four hundred million billion dollars a day. So <laughs> it's like only rich richens get to go there. I, I I was watching the whole bar scene. Like, bro, a thousand dollars a day. You have to replace all those robots, rebuild that whole building. That's not covering it. No way. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the robots themselves, I mean, sh shit, that costs a lot of money. Yeah, you know, logistically it doesn't pan out, but uh, don't worry about that. They spared no expense. And they say that in this movie. <laughs> they, and they say, say it, it, yes. Come on. Come on. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. Watch this movie, but y you're going to wish you watched Jurassic Park instead. Pretty much. I mean, even like the soundtrack in this is, this is all right, but soundtrack in Jurassic Park is... Well, it is what it is. Well, it's different. I can't. Rem I, I I didn't even write anything down about the score, or the music of the movie. You know, it's just it's pretty stock. I think there's a couple of they do a couple old time. I wish they even did more like western. You don't have to get like any Morricone on this one, but you know, have a little couple twangy guitars and a little down out down You know what I mean? Looking out my back door. Put some CCR in there. <laughs> You know, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid to care. Yeah, put a little Pink Floyd in there. You know what? This year, this came out the same year as Dark Side, so 
That would have been Did cool. it? Yeah, it did. Shit. Good trivia. <laughs> so, that's what... People were spinning that record at home. They're going to the movies to see Westworld. I don't know any other movies that came out in 73, so... Uh, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Director... I'm looking at the trivia here for Westworld. John Carpenter based the indestructible nature of his killer Michael Myers on Halloween on The Gunslinger. Also, Arnold Schwarzenegger used uh, Briner's performance as a basis of his performance in The Terminator. They're so similar. I knew it. Yeah, and another small piece of trivia is that this was the first instance in film of digital image processing... And it's, it's hilariously quaint now when you see it because you can literally do this on your phone with the worst photo app available on the App Store, which is all they do from the Android's perspective is like many steps down from even the Terminator's vision is all they do is just pixelate it. So you'll see whatever... It's so bad. Well, <laughs> it's early, okay? It's like 73, so I understand. This was like probably like really cool at the time. But it's all they do is they just take... like you. From the robot's perspective, what you're seeing is it's you can you can't distinguish what you're seeing. It's basically just primary colors in each given quadrant or section of the frame, and then that's just the whole little square there. Um, there's a co- there's a couple of cool sequences where he uses his his thermal imaging to try to find Peter, and that that's actually how he ends up defeating him. Is that he stands next to some fire, and he can't distinguish that, which I don't, which is also like a little silly, but I'll let that go. Yeah. I'll let that go. And then he burns him alive. And then there's a cool scene where the gunslinger blows up after he comes back to life a couple of times. It looks cool. It it um it, it was kind of like immersion breaking when I saw his vision and he's seeing an eight bit. How would you shoot anything? Because then your if if you're seeing an eight bit, a pixel would be like a foot of information you never hit anything yeah that also doesn't make sense uh just don't worry about it though okay (laughs) okay like the terminator saw in full well i think his vision was red but still he still saw everything as is um look just turn your brain off bro oh okay all right now we're moving (laughs) oh lord who did I wonder this Yule Briner guy was in anything else big? The Ten Commandments, Magnificent Seven. Apparently also uh the robot that he portrays is an homage slash slash spoof of his character Chris from the Magnificent Seven and wears the same costume. I haven't seen Magnificent Seven. Uh, not even the remake that had uh, Chris Pratt in it, but uh that'd be cool if I saw it. I, I, I have to think that John Blaine is also a deliberate reference to John Wayne, right? Well, it's gotta be. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's kind of lazy. It's kind of funny, though. Yeah, I just wish the movie went harder. That's my closing thoughts on it. Next yeah. week, we're going to try and do a double feature. The Blob. Both of them. The 1958? I'm going to guess. 1958 Blob and the 1988 blob so get excited 1958 yep yeah it's gonna be good well actually i, I was gonna say it's gonna be good but uh actually i'm having doubts now looking at both of these films you said the first one's like a b movie uh, a literal b movie how enjoyable of a b movie though like you know what a b movie is right yeah but like you know, like is it like good and like a bad? Is it bad in a good way, or is it bad and like uh, I can appreciate this way? No, like, um, you know, in like grindhouse theaters, they would have A and B movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um, it's enjoyable. I I like it. I like horror, and it's um, it's a pretty important horror movie. I the effects are pretty neat. Um, it has what we were talking about last night basically the the drama script where people don't really act like that um, i also saw it like two or three years ago so i'm my memory is a bit shaky but i i think it's interesting and the the remake from what like stills i've seen of it because i've tried to keep it spoiler free it looks pretty intense so i'm excited for it the blob is is like the original is pretty campy like ooh we 
golly gee, I'm, you know, give me a root beer and it's not like, you're not going to watch a blob and be scared, but, um, it's, it's enjoyable. You know what? I can, I can go for a, a nice 50 sci-fi B movie. I'm in the mood. Yeah. Why not? Um, and I was going to ask you, because we've been meaning to do this forever, do you have a uh, a comic book pick for today? No, uh, I'll have it for next week. <laughs> I need a head, I need a head of time. I can't do a short notice. Well, I, I just saw you had three weeks, so. Well, I, I gave one already. Okay, now next one is cooked up. Maybe you guys will get one a month. Maybe, maybe a couple times a month if i'm feeling good maybe in the summer when things are nicer you know i'll throw like three in there maybe but next week uh, you guys can have one yeah it is kind of windy today i wouldn't want to pick a comic either yeah um all right well then the only thing i have to say bad batch came out well the first episode came out um on may 4th it was pretty good more of the same of Clone Wars. I was hoping it was going to be a bit more gritty. I really, I want some heavier Star Wars content, guys. How many bags um, for the first episode? Uh, like you know, let's say seven. I'm kind of pissed that like, ah, uh, the characters are just written by, by like preteens, like. <laughs> There's basically a character that's a ripoff. I, I say basically way too much. There's a character that's a ripoff of Heavy from Teen Fortress 2, except <laughs> they just make him really dumb to the point where it's just kind of annoying. And they have a character in the show that's like, who who's the uh, the red, the red Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Uh, Raphael. Yeah, he's like the Raphael character, except they like crank it up uh, to eleven and make him borderline cringe. And he's, I think he's, they're kind of making him the antagonist of the show, but he's a uh, he's kind of annoying as well. I I really hope they dial that stuff back a bit because it's it's a bit much for me. Uh, so yeah, seven bags. I finished Fargo season four, the, easily the worst season of the show. Why? Um, Why? If, uh, they do so many. They get lost in the sauce. They do so many plot lines. It gets to a point where at the end of the show, they're dedicating like a, an entire episode to the plot line because they can't just juggle it around anymore. Uh, the, the writing. It, so they have like two fighting families uh two like crime families they the fada family which is an african-american crime organization and or sorry no i got that wrong the fada family it's an italian-american crime organization and then they have the cannon family uh which is the african-american family um the head of which is uh chris rock who is so miscast i don't want to see chris rock as a gangster he he does it better later on but at the, the beginning it's just anyone could have played this guy why is it chris rock he's not and the fada family the italian the head of the italian family they tried to do something different where he's like kind of a dumbass and incompetent but it just gets annoying at a point and not that funny as like a niche idea mm-hmm. and you're kind of like waiting for him to like get competent i guess but you know in in fargo like the movie um what was his name jerry lundegaard he's he's just a dumbass salesman and, you know, that makes him desperate for money and he does what he does. And that's kind of a trope of... That's one of the things that they carry over in the show is characters who are dumbasses, who aren't that great at what they do, making a bigger problem for themselves um, when they could just walk away or do the right thing. 
and I, they kind of flipped it in season four. Let's focus on the baddies. Um, instead, like every season, there is a clear cut bad guy, someone caught in the middle, and uh, your police officer. This one in season four, they didn't really have a police officer. Um, well, they they had two. One was a Mormon police officer who was probably my favorite character of the show, played by... Um, how far did you get into The Office? I watched all of it. Okay, you remember the really handsome guy that, like, had a thing with Pam? Like the like the boom mic operator guy? No, 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 no. They're the, uh, the other guy. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was the, oh, the good... I- Timothy uh, Oliphant's character. Yeah, I, I remember that vaguely from The Office. Yeah, yeah. he uh, He's a Mormon police, or a, not a police officer. He works for the uh, U.S. Marshal. Or he's a U.S. Marshal. Um, he's probably the best part of the show. He gets killed off. And then there's another cop who's like, um, he's a crooked cop with Tourette's. He's kind of interesting, but... I don't want to ramble off too much, but um, it's just they did too much. They were trying to say something about America and history of how they treat immigrants and, and stuff like that. I, I I really don't think they they did as much as they think they did. As Death Grips would say, it's very shallow listening. Um, Wait, when did he say that? It, that's on the back of the powers that be, or not the powers that be, the uh, bottomless pit record. It just is very shallow listening. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. But I don't know why they made fun of their own music, but whatever. They're that, they're those kind of guys, you know. Yeah. They're not into they, surface reality that much. They like Jimi Hendrix, of course. Of course, but... of course. I I listen to Hendrix. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, season four is the worst. I honestly think rewatching it because I'm gonna re I'm rewatching it again, um, and then I'm gonna watch a movie again, and then I'll be done with Fargo. Um, I think season two is the strongest. I think one, two, and three are all pretty close, but season two is is damn good. A nice period piece. Um, I think one, two, and three are probably better. I hate to do this, but better than the movie. And four is kind of poo poo. I really don't want to rewatch it, but I, I probably will. Even the supernatural element that they throw into season four is so so lame. It's almost like forced. It has like everything in season four. They set it up like to be so epic, and it's it's not as cool as they as they think it it is. I hope season five is better, um, and if it's not, maybe that'll be the end of the show. For you. No, for whoever's directing it, I've only seen their name like five hundred times. I can't even remember it. Uh, director, it's the Cohen brothers. Uh, oh, there's been a few. I think Noah Hawley is the who who directed season four. Hold on a sec. Keep going. Fargo right. season four director was yeah. Noah Hawley, and shame on you. As as Siskel uh, would say, shame on you. <sighs> yeah. I, I should watch Better Call Saul. I still need to watch him. Um, still need to watch, what's it called? Breaking Bad. There's there's a lot of shows that I just haven't watched because I, I gave up on TV. I, hate, I hated the format. I hate ads. Hated ad breaks. And I hate, like... Even recording an episode and then like fast forwarding through the ads, it's such a it's so copy. It still sucks. I'm I'm so glad that streaming services exist. But uh, yeah, second season, uh, second episode of Bad Batch is out. I'm gonna watch that today. Hope it's good. I mean, it's I don't think they're showing it on TV. Maybe they are, but I was really hoping it wasn't gonna be preteeny, like. Clone Wars was very much like a preteen show. There were some moments where they would do, like, whoa, you can show that in a kid show. Like, Asajj Ventress kills a guy and then, like, kisses him. I was like, okay. Ah, a little intro to necrophilia. 
101, yeah. A, a U1 <laughs> course. And, and like, I, stuff, like, Anakin got, like, kind of heat during the show. Um, just killing people. And, like, not implied violence. Uh, actual violence. So I was hoping they would do a bit more. Most of, like, the... Because I watched a trailer for Bad Batch. Most of the shots from the trailer were just snippets of uh, episode one. So I'm pretty much out of the... I don't know what's going to happen next. I hope oh, hope it's good. Hope, hope Book of Boba Fett is going to be grimy as hell. I really just... Like, oh, God. Honestly, laser blast fucking melting someone's skin and shit. Like, Did you say laser blast? The 1978 uh, movie, dude. My laser blast action figure. It 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 fell the other day, and the bubble just popped off uh, the card. I was so pissed. I'm gonna have no. to glue it back on. Damn it! Cheap oh. movie, cheap toys. Fuck you guys. God, this is the last time I s- support indie productions from a gift given to me. Why can't you just be more normal, Billy? <laughs> such a good, such a such a tasteful picture. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Babadook. Sorry, that's why I screamed. I think that I think there's a couple of screams in Laser Blasted, but they're more like, oh. Mm, uh, is that your impression of the aliens? No, that's that's him when he's in his in sicko mode. Oh yeah. He's in zombie mode. Yeah, poor guy. Well, he had it coming. Um, damn! I just saw that the guy who played Billy in Laser Blast, Kim Milford, he died at thirty-seven. Let's see what happened. Damn, heart failure. Watch that sodium, guys. Watch that. Uh, watch that fat too. I guess I don't know. Just actually, just eat whatever you want. Who cares? We're all gonna die anyway. Yep. Anthony was red p- assault pilling me the other day. Assault pilling you? Yeah. What does that mean? He was like just telling me that. Um, I forget exactly what he said. It's something like if you have seven times the amount of your recommended daily sodium, that's still not as bad as having under your recommended amount or something. You or. He was basically just like, yeah, eat salt. It's good for you. He's like, all right. Well, you need salt, but I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the science behind it. I just know that I, I just do the d- daily value when it, whatever it says on the nutrition facts, I shoot for that. If I don't make it, then oh well. Eat the bugs. Go to work. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So Orwellian. <laughs> You guys ever think we, you know, we live in an Orwellian society, honestly, and uh, I don't know how much longer until they uh, they can the show because uh, we're just we're given the truth too raw. <laughs> Do you remember uh, in the one of the newer Spider Man movies when JJJ basically just becomes Alex Jones? Uh, you mean in, wait, in, in the new Spider-Man movie? Yeah. Yeah, where they, I just saw the clip of it because I didn't want to watch the movie because I don't really care for those kind of Spider-Man pictures. <laughs> Not good films. TBH. Kind of crap. Kind of crap. And fuck Tom Holland. Oh man, he's so cute. I love when Disney pays their actors... To basically just be the characters they play in real life. I'm sure that's so fun for them. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Robert Downey Jr. had a bang in time doing that. He had a bang in time doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> don't, don't. If he's okay, now we can't have him on the show. <laughs> so Robert, you know, we didn't mean anything by it. Hey, you know, I, I, look. I've done my fair share of blow in my time, too. All right? No big deal. And, you know, sometimes you go overboard. Also, no big deal. All right? I've been, I've been there. You've been there. we all been there. Um, 
you know, let bygones be bygones. Come on, cop. We'll check out Tropic Thunder or something. We'll ask you a million questions about how you could get away with that. Could uh, that be made today? <laughs> I don't think so, pal. Could they make I it today? Could they make it I today? Yeah, people make movies still. I hate when people say shit like that. Like, bro, you would never see someone make something like this today. Not with the, not with the SJW liberal police on patrol. South Park still pumps out episodes. There's still shitty, raunchy comedies. Not that Tropic, Tropic Thunders and shit, but there's raunchy comedies that come out all the time where... Um, yeah, they might not make fun of black people anymore, but liberals still love to make fun of Asian people. It, you know, they're, they're good at math. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> they love that well. That is, they keep tapping that sucker, and they'll be doing it to the day they die. <laughs> yeah, movies, ra raunchy comedies still come out. The SJW feminazi lesbos aren't uh, destroying anything. Stop being crybabies. They're taking away our freedoms. <laughs> like, what the hell? We can't be transphobic and hate women anymore? This is so messed up. Fuck, man, I really miss saying the N-word in public. That's <laughs> man, why... This is what they're complaining about. <laughs> That's why that Burger King guy is such a champion of the people. He's the guy... He's the hero we need, but not the one we oh. deserve. He probably has, like... When I saw that, like, I, w I thought it was funny, but, you know, he probably has mental issues. Yeah, he's probably hopped up on something. I mean, I don't mean to stereotype, but he had a face tat, and he was wearing a Burger King crown on the plane. He had a face tattoo? Yeah. What was it? It was just on, like, his uh, left cheek. I uh, never little, even noticed that. A little something-something. Look, you know, no disrespect if you have a face tap, but it's not exactly <laughs> in, uh, a ringing endorsement of mental health, all right? So The face tat, like, I can get behind people who are like, tattoos can be professional, yeah, but the face tat, uh, I'm not sold on it yet. It's a bit tacky. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can do what you want. I mean, you know, power to the people and all the people and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. not, it's not for me. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know what, like, what, what's some, what could you, in theory, get tastefully put on your face? What could uh, be... Tribal what's a tribal tattoo. Uh, like a Mike Tyson tribal tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, you know what, actually, Mike Tyson's face tat is, is kind of tasteful. That's a pretty good one. But, like, other than that, I saw a dude with the... Goddamn Warner Brothers tattoo on his face. Oh, dude, I've seen that guy walking around Winnipeg. Oh, uh, <laughs> Lord. That guy's a champion. Why? If you're listening to this podcast, let's have you on. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, send me your PayPal, and I'll I'll help fund <laughs> laser removal surgery for that god-awful stick and poke your buddy hopped up on Schleeman's gave you. Goddamn. Do, do you think that, like... He loves Warner Brother films, or do you think like? <laughs> I'm gonna say Looney Tunes. <laughs> and the Pegasus. I get a Lucasfilm just tattooed on my forehead. Yeah, just green text in Comic Sans font. That'd be good. Yeah, the face tat, not a good look. Um, but if you are, you know, if you're, if if you look tough enough, I'm not gonna say it to your face because you'll kick my ass. Yeah. Also, you know what face stats? If you get a face stat that's like plus five to your strength stat, you're, be, you're just gonna be knocking fools around. You did a lot of sand crab training. That's a RuneScape meme for all the RuneScape fan listeners out there. What's up, boys? Hey, I'm here. Tickets. I I played RuneScape a couple times. 
You played RuneScape for five minutes, walked around... I don't even remember all the names. You walked, walked around Alcarid for two minutes and said, yeah, this game sucks. Yeah, in that two minutes that we were walking, we probably covered about two meters of distance. <laughs> because the you click somewhere and you wait, and you go make a sandwich and you come back and you guys just reaching your destination. Bro, just train 20 hours for your agility... Um, to get the full graceful suit and then make um, speed potions. Come on. I think I'll just go outside instead. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, can you fight dragons outside? No. <laughs> no. Can you get a fire cape? No. No. Well, depends who you know. True. If there's any fire cape plugs listening, please hit me up. I need one. Yeah, and if there's any uh, would-be labels or podcast recruiters listening to this, uh, please keep messaging us. We're just waiting for the right offer to come by. So any any day now. Uh, I'll keep sending you memes of the Charmin Bear's uh, tits, and you keep <laughs> sending the the requests. I'm going to send Rule uh, 34 Barry B. Benson shit next time. Oh, God. And the DMs, it's just going to be instant block. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could join up with a label, you know, and it'd be, you know, maybe they'll take, they'll bring us higher. But do you guys really want cop diluted? Don't you want unfiltered no. cop straight into your lungs? I know that's what the, what, I know that's what the people want. Like the king said, give the people what they want. That's the end of the show. Thanks well, like, for stopping by. Were you going to say something? What? Were you going to say something? Where am I? Hello? Huh? Oh. Are you still on the phone? Yeah, I'm still here. Bye, YouTube. See you later. <laughs> If you enjoyed anything you heard today, make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and umfm.com. And don't forget to follow our Instagram page at COP Podcast.